0: Hello and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Derrida, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, August 6, 2017. Our text for the day is found in Exodus 19, starting at verse 2. They had journeyed from Rephidim, entered the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. Israel camped there in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, the Lord called him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the Israelites, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the Israelites. So Moses came, summoned the elders of the people, and set before them all the words that the Lord had commanded him. The people all answered as one. Everything that the Lord has spoken, we will do. That's a great hymn of the faith, but I think there's a complication. And a complication that we're going to get into as part of our lesson this morning. We can sing, God will take care of you. But how much do we really believe it? How much do we really own it? And how often do we feel that God's taking care of us only when we're getting what we want or getting what we think we need? How often do we look at God taking care of us when it seems that our life is falling apart? How often does it seem that God takes care of us when we are wandering through the deserts of life? just desperate for one small bit of relief. When our throats are dry spiritually, physically, emotionally and all we want is to drink from the well of life find a little bit of relief. It can be hard to sing and to say God will take care of you. And yet the Bible tells us story after story after story of when God's people are in despair. And they wonder where God is, and they wonder how God is acting. And yet the Lord shows up, and the Lord provides in ways they had not imagined. After all, our entire Christian existence is centered around God taking care of us in a way nobody could have imagined. No one saw the baby coming. No one saw the young virgin who was traveling halfway across the country because the civil authorities wanted to impose another tax. And yet this song that we're going to hear during communion, one of the newer songs of the Christian tradition came around in 1979, on eagle's wings, quickly like wildfire, spread across all of Christianity. It was actually written for a highly liturgical, high Catholic mass, written by a priest from the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis upon the death of one of his friend's fathers. On eagle's wings was written to where the cantor would sing the verses because there was such a wide range of notes. And the chorus was written to where the congregation could come in. On Eagle's Wings, the entire hymn is based a lot off the imagery of Psalm 91, but the chorus, the part that's in our hymnal, the part that we sing so much, is drawn from the Exodus passage that Mary read for us this morning, and it can be easy to miss God taking care of us. It can be easy to miss where God is if we're not looking and if we're blinded by what we think should happen, we will miss what God has done on this communion Sunday. To the rest of the world, we're going to see a bread and a cup and go, really? That, that, that's going to help us? That's going to sustain us? Yeah, that's right, it will. The rest of the world sees a small snack. You and I see a way of life. And Moses and his people are in the middle of the exodus. Well, they've been cast out of their land and they are working their way through the desert. They're working their way back home. And I can tell you, sometimes you don't have to travel halfway across the country. If you're in the wrong car with the wrong child or the screaming child or a frosty deal, it can be a years getting from here back to your house, depending on how it is. Sometimes those weights can be very short or very long, depending on what you're looking at. But today's passage points to God's providence in a way that provides three quick lessons for us as a church and as individuals to find Christ. When we say on eagle's wings, do we realize we're quoting Exodus 19, verse 4? The first thing we must remember this morning is that being one of God's chosen involves a journey. Being one of God's chosen involves a journey. Being ones who are bathed in the life and the love of Jesus, those who have accepted His grace, we must understand life is a journey. We are not called to remain static as followers of Christ. We are not called to remain static as those who say we live by faith. People come in and out of our lives so much. People and situations change, circumstances change so quickly. I promise you, the sermon's prepared for November 30th, 1941 and December 14th, 1941 even though they were only two weeks apart, were preached in two totally different worlds, even if you were in the same pulpit and in the same church. Even when things go great, the journey will change. Two generations ago, a guy named Lee Iacocca was president of the Ford Motor Company and started out as a salesman in the 1950s and worked his way up to being president of Ford. And then one day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Henry Ford II called Iacocca into his office and said, you're done. And Iacocca unloaded on him. Said, we made $1.2 billion last year, and I doubt you'll ever see it again. And the columnist in the Detroit newspaper the next day said, if a guy like Iacocca's job isn't safe, it's yours. And I thought of that as I was reading this because it's the idea that change is always a part of life. And being on a journey is always part of life. And we must be ready for the unexpected. The question is, how do we get ready for the unexpected? We remember. We tell each other the stories so that we never forget. We tell each other the stories of how God has delivered so many from impossible situations in the past. And in the second part of this passage, we see that those who have accepted God's grace have not only the opportunity but the obligation to follow divine direction. Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him from the mountain saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the Israelites, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. I think sometimes the reason we miss God's providential love in our lives is we forget to tell each other the stories. We forget to study the stories. One of the great things about life in the Christian church is we are not called to be individuals, we are called to be a community. The reason why Sunday school is important, the reason why Bible studies are important, the reason why prayer ministry is important, the reason why worship is important, is not because of a building, it is not because of a preacher, it is not because of a music, it is not because of anything other that if we don't continually surround ourselves with the community of faith, if we do not tell each other the stories, if we are not brought together, we will die spiritually and emotionally because we will be caught up in our own circumstances so much that we miss the bigger story. You can hear God daring Moses and his people, do you not remember when I bore you up on eagle's wings, when I brought you out of trouble? The implied statement is, I'll do it again. That's what I'm saying. We have the opportunity but the obligation to follow a divine direction because God does not leave us with the idea of just remember what I have done. He says, if you obey and if you keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. God does not force us to follow his will. God does not force us to love Him. God does not force us to do anything. We have the free will to reject Him completely. But if we are to receive His grace, we have the obligation to be faithful in all things. And that phrase, on eagle's wings, reminds us of God's faithfulness to us, but it also must challenge us to ask ourselves, how faithful have we been to God? How faithful have we been to His promise? How faithful have we been to His love? How faithful is our witness to the world? Third and final thing we see out of this passage, and we've already alluded to this before, is that responding to God's grace and protection is a communal act. How many of you have ever heard the idea That my relationship with God is my business and no one else's. How many of y'all have ever heard somebody say that? How many of y'all have ever heard? That is the most theologically inaccurate statement in all of Christianity. And I can't say that enough. Your relationship with God is everybody's business, my relationship with God is everybody's business. Because we are called to worship God and to love God and to respect God and to obey God through the community of faith. We are not called to be individuals because it's not about us. It's not about what we want, it is about what God is calling us to do. See in verse 3 or verse 7 and 8a. So Moses came, he summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words that the Lord had commanded him. And you hear how the people responded. The people all answered as one. Everything that the Lord has spoken, we will do. We will do. They answered as one, and they spoke in the we, not in the I. Remember, these are folks that are in the middle of a journey that's going to go on 40 years. When you're in the middle of a desert, you don't have the luxury of being a lone ranger. We are called to be a community. And part of being a community means there are going to be times when we hurt one another. There are going to be times where we fail each other. There are going to be times when we fall short of our godly mission. And we have two choices when that happens. We can be a community of grace, forgiveness, love, and reconciliation, recognizing that we need each other desperately upon this journey, or we can crawl into our shells and say, this is mine and nobody else's. But as we remember on Pentecost Sunday, God gave us the gift of the church to be the body of Christ and everything that that implies and everything that that means. And so this morning as we hear and as we sing these wonderful words, I want to bring them to you once more. And God will raise you up on eagles' wings, bear you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun and hold you And the palm of God's hand. We sing it in community and we sing it together because it's a way for us to support one another. My question for you this morning the so what question, if you will the so what question is what needs to change in my life so that I can live out the calling as one who has been lifted up on eagle's wings, as one who claims the promise. What is it that I need to do? Do I need to take advantage of the community of faith in ways I haven't before? Do I need to forgive or do I need to be forgiven? Do I need to love or to be loved? Whatever it is, let's make sure that we do it remembering God's faithfulness for our Christian journey. And this, my friends, is the word that I share with you today. the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to the glory of God the Father. Thank you for listening to this podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRidder, Louisiana. Find out more about us at fumcderidder.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash F-U-M-C-D-R. Have a blessed day.